Well, hello there. Hey now. How you doing? Me? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Hope the world is good. Hope Is the world good? I mean, I hope so. <laughs> well, you're listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 12. I can't believe it's number 12. I mean, I feel like the podcast is like just that number one was like a little baby bird. You know, just like a little baby bird, like a chick. And now it's like a little adolescent bird, like kind of walking around looking for its mom, like wondering where those regurgitated worm guts are. You know, just squawking. (laughs) Baby's starting to grow up. But anyway, (laughs) thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast. Thank you for following us at Sunspots Comics on Twitter and Instagram and the old or the new Facebook.com slash Sunspots Comics. It's all over the place, right? (laughs) So thank you for following along. Thanks for sending in some emails. Next issue, actually, issue 13. I'm going to be talking about an email that someone sent in. Pretty cool little story. I'm gathering it as we speak. Well, not as we speak, but, you know, on the later. (laughs) And uh, I have to give a quick shout out to a sponsor. I've actually got a sponsor. Well, you know, sort of. I'm a partner of a friend of mine. Hi, Marty Rose for making some awesome aluminum bracelets that I'm they're like customizable aluminum bracelets that I'm going to be selling on sunspotscomics.com. You can customize them. There'll be some that are already made with some cool stuff on it, like I Love Zombies, Nerdy Girl, Geek Squad, I don't know, whatever. We're going to have some cool phrases, and then you can customize it on sunspotscomics.com very soon. So check it out. Some actual things we're going to be selling. And uh, I get a little piece, which helps keep the light on. You know, lights. Well, maybe there's really only one light, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Helps pay for stuff. So thank you. Check it out. And uh, also... There's going to be a spin-off website, zombiedestroyers.com. I will be making some unique zombie destroyer stuff, and it's going to be an all-encompassing just glob of fun. I can't wait. But uh, man, there's just just gobs, just gobs of tasty taffy to chew on in this episode. And uh, we're going to dig in, starting right off the bat, into a trivia question that I'm going to throw out. And uh, I've just been all inside my brain. I just cannot escape the thoughts of minions. Minions are in my in the lobes of my very being right now. <laughs> so the trivia question is, or contest, if you will, to win a prize. It's going to be fun. There's some stuff on the internet right now that decodes minion language. And I want to give a gift, or maybe gifts, to the people or person that write into chris at sunspotscomics.com with a funny minion languaged sentence <laughs> just one that makes me chuckle one that makes me scratch my head whatever just one that interests me maybe one maybe two who knows and i will be mailing you the ones i pick i'll talk about on the podcast and i will send you a minion comic book related gift so there's the contest folks first of its kind first one First, I don't know, trivia, first contest, whatever you want to call it, write in to chris at sunspotscomics.com. That's my email. Send me a minion sentence in minion language, and I'll decipher it, decode it, and whenever one chuckles me, whatever one I find interesting or ones I find interesting, you're going to win a minion prize. So get on it. Get on it. So first segment of the show is going to be How Deep Is Your Love? I've got a guest for a How Deep Is Your Love segment, a new friend. Um, it's kind of cool. Like, I guess as you get older, you know, you seem to have your core friends and 
It doesn't happen very often that you make a new one. Well, I made a new one. He found me through the podcast, and we actually work at the same place. And this is the origin story of that. Uh, my wife is my best friend. Hi, Patsy. And it's just cool that, you know, as you get a little older, meet a new friend. We have a lot in common, and it was just fun. He was nice enough to do about 13 minutes on the podcast. And it's just it's just a blast. Here's Michael Norris. So we're going to jump right into it. Check it out. How deep is my love? Is your love? All right. Well, hey, now I've got a guest and we're going to be talking about how deep is your love? Mm-mm-mm. Cue the music. Right on. Yeah. So uh, I've got a guest here. I've got Michael Norris, my friend, my buddy, my compadre, Michael Norris. And we yeah, this little segment, in case you don't already know, is just where we talk about how deep is your love on something? How What's the hobby you obsess on the most? You you spend the most money on, you scour the earth for, you just can't get enough of, you dream about it, you think about it, you eat, sleep, and snack about it. Well, for Michael Norris, what is that thing, Michael? Well, that would be comics. Like as in stand-up I, comedians? I, like uh, Robin Williams, huh? <laughs> of course. Isn't that what this <laughs> podcast is all about? <laughs> right. This is where we talk about no. the improv. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, the latest improv is just so edgy and so real. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, it's comic books. I, uh, you know, it, probably in my lifetime, it's been the most obsessive hobby I've had, and it's it's fun. It's great. Correct. You know? that is all correct. I love it. Affirmative. You've got you answered correctly. I was afraid you were going to go with answer B at first, but no, you got it right. No, family and children are not. No, no, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But that's why I said, with hobby-wise, this was this one would be the most important in my life. Well, then maybe before we dig into the hobby, let's talk for a sec about how we know each other, how long we've known each other, how that all came about, because it's pretty interesting. How long we've actually known each other, or how long that we've actually been talking to each other. <laughs> I get both. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we've been, let's see, you've been there about, what, four years? Been at work? Almost four. We Seven. work at the same place, which we will go yep. unnamed, but we work at the same place. I've been there almost four years. How long have you been there? I've been there eight. Hey, man. Yeah. And we've been a, we've been friends and ta- we've been friends, or we've been talking to each other. We'll start that. Uh, for four weeks now? <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. About four weeks? Yep. Isn't it yeah, crazy yeah. how you can, like, work with someone forever and then you don't even know that that person is there? Hey, if you have no need to interact with somebody, you don't, it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> right. You know, unless there's something that sparks it. So what sparked it? Because we obviously, I mean, we, I mean, we crossed paths. We saw each other at the old office, the cubicle land. But we, I mean, so what sparked it? Well, a friend of mine at work was saying that you started a podcast about comics. I was like, well, that's cool. So... I was sitting there at my desk, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to send Chris a message. And I was like, but I wasn't sure. It's like, they just said comics. I'm like, could it be comic books or could it be comedy, you know, about the comics? And I'm like, man, so I sent you a message. Just kept it real vague. Hey, I heard you have a podcast. What's the name? What You know, and it was like, I'm just trying to dig the information out, seeing what one it was about. If it was about comic books, awesome. If it was about comedy, I was going to give it a try. <laughs> That's a good point, because, I mean, really, what are, what are the odds? What are the... What are, they're stacked against you that someone will really be talking about comic books. Yeah, and you know, like a, a week before, I had seen one of our other coworkers, and her desk had, you know, had Wolverine number one from the 
the original miniseries in the 80s up there, and it had Uncanny X-Men, the first appearance of, of the uh, of the Phoenix. And I sent her a message. I was like, hey, that's sweet. And then, you know, kind of talked to her about that a little bit, but that was really it, right? So I didn't go any further past that. So, and then, like, you know, like a couple days later, that's when, you know, friend at work was like, hey, you know, Chris upstairs started a podcast about this. I was like, that's cool. That is really cool. That's awesome. So in a way, you found me like as a fan, which is kind of cool. That's exactly it. And, you know, it's it, it, like somebody else to talk comics about at work. And then on top of it, like nerd out on a podcast, right? You know, the, the technical part of that. It's just awesome. Pretty cool, right? And, you know, I, you you uh, touched on something there that's really rather interesting. And when you think about, like, the likelihood of, of two people being around the same age into mm-hmm. the same hobby as deeply as we both are. And, I mean, even in the realm of movies, I mean, you and I have hit on some 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 heavy points to where our, it, it seems like we were just separated at birth. And it was just kind of cool that that uh, we're developing, this friendship is blossoming into this beautiful, beautiful rose that exactly. just gets prettier every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it drives everybody else nuts, but I don't care. <laughs> right. That's their problem. I mean, because it's, you know, especially for our, our ages, we grew up in a time when comics weren't cool. Right. Yes. People did not talk about it. The only people I knew that read comics were the people at the comic store I worked at. That right. was it. Were you like you know, me? Did you was, keep it? Did you keep it quiet? I mean, I, I, you know, junior high school or elementary, late elementary to junior high school, I didn't tell anybody I was reading comic books. You didn't back then. No. No. You know, I remember uh, freshman. Was it freshman or sophomore year? You know, my my three ring binder I had. You know, that was during the time of the Image Comics, and I would put a couple right in the front of it. But it was all all because it was art, because I was drawing at that time. So it was all about artwork. And that's how I would sell it. I was like, oh, oh yeah, you know, it's because, and I could draw those. So I was, you know, it was always tied back. It was never like, hey, I like it for all these other reasons, too. It was always just artwork. So when did you start? When did, when do you, uh, do you remember when you started in comics? When you started collecting and reading? Well, okay, I'll say, I remember sixth grade was kind of the first time. So I would say that was like 89, 90, I want to say. And uh, actually, it's, one of my classmates brought an uncanny x-men to school and he brought a bunch of comics actually and he was like well i don't want you know i don't want these and we were kind of all sitting around reading them and i ended up with the x-men and it was cool because it was like it was the wolverine and rogue issue where they go to genosha and i didn't have any idea what happened before i had no idea that what happened after because i didn't find it was a two-parter i didn't find the second part for like 15 years and i never bothered to read it until i found it at that point so I was able to piece it together because at that that kind of that's when the X Men were growing, right? That's when X Men were getting really popular, you know. Um, and then it just kind of it just kind of started from there, you know. X Men X Men got me going. Those were kind of the first ones, you know. I hit right at the right time when X Men number one came out. The was it the best selling comic ever? Oh yeah, all the, all the different covers. Yeah, bought all those, of course. Right. You know. Started with that, started getting, you know, that one, that was the biggie, and Wolverine. I didn't have much money. I was, a, you know, I was in junior high, I didn't have any money. Did and you, think like, cover, like me because of the lack of money, was, I just reread everything multiple times? Oh, yeah. And, and I looked for deals, right? So, like, covers, I think, were like $1.25 at that point, right? So, what I would find is, like, if you went to Costco, they had a 10-pack uh, there. I think it was, a, no, it was a 20-pack. It's a 20-pack. So each comic was 
fifty cents for ten bucks. Dang, we had no Costco I, when I was into it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was just a, a celebrate in. It had Avengers and Iron Man, or you get a DC one that had Batman and Superman. So I got this like whole mix, and I did it that way. But it was far and few between. I mean, my my first comic box was about the size of a small box, and it didn't get full for probably a year, at least wow. a year. So how that those are your roots, your origins, which is awesome. How deep does the love go? Like if you had to say pick a number. What would be the total amount of single issues, putting aside trades, hardbounds, just your your rough estimate of your total amount of single issues today, what's that number? I would say... Because mine goes into the bazillions. It's actually a number yeah. I looked it up. It's literally bazillions is how you spell it. I would we're, we're, say <laughs> between seven and 10,000 issues. Excellent. That's, yeah, rare, that's mean, rarefied air, my friend. It's up there. That's rarefied air. Yeah, well, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you this. The, the big chunk of them happened when I was working at a comic shop for a year because it was really, really sweet because we got paid in money and in comics. Uh, man, so I always to, came home with a stack. You got to be in the nerd fortress of the world, like there in the Mecca, and you got paid in partial comics? I wouldn't I wouldn't call it Mecca, you know. You, <laughs> you had to take the good with the bad. You, you saw all the stereotypes, but yes. It, oh, yeah, it was awesome. I came, I mean, I was able to... This was a this was like a great time because it was still in the '90s and it was just booming. Independence were booming. Yeah, you know, Image was huge, Marvel was huge, DZ was huge, and I'd just be able to try everything. You know, Vertigo was a big thing. You know, and so I got to try them all. You know, and they, people would come in, they'd be like, "All over this book." I always have first crack at it because I'd be working, so I'd get to try them out and see what I liked. That's awesome. That's like a seriously rare thing that you actually got to be in work in a shop. That's just cool. That had yeah, to be it, it was very cool. So that 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 cemented you. That that took both your legs. Just you know, four feet of cement. You weren't. You're you're in there for life. Yeah, yeah. In there, I mean, as far as reading comics, you were in for life. Four feet of cement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and like to this day, you know, the guy that ran the store, we're still friends. You know, I still keep track of him. He still runs that store. Unfortunately, closed. He runs another store, and he's still a good guy. Nice. All right, so we got the origin. We got the gist of your cornucopia of comics as to how many you have. So dig into the memory banks. How far, how deep has your love run for comics? What's something that you maybe did that was odd, different, unusual, or dangerous about obsessing over this? Or just maybe put a relationship uh, in danger just due to you chasing, chasing the dragon? You know what? I have to say I'm very fortunate in all that. The only thing would ever be would be money. You know, I uh, in my early 20s, I got in a period where I wasn't collecting new comics. You know, that's the point. You get out, you know, you're on your own, you got money, you're going out with girls a lot, you're doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing a lot. <laughs> about the time I was, eBay started kicking in about that time. That's when it started getting popular. I went on there. I started searching for back issues. Not the cheap stuff. I was finding the expensive stuff. 100 bucks a pop. Buying the stuff from, you know, the 60s. You know the fifties, so you know that's that that's really the only kind of hazard story. I've actually been very fortunate. Everybody, mostly everybody around me, has always been kind of interested in it enough to like, or at least faked interest enough to go to Comic Con with me when I've gone before, or at least sit there patiently on the couch and listen to me as I ramble on about this stuff. Nice. So you had more of a slow mainline 
to Mr. Brownstone of comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it was well, you know, and especially when I was a teenager, you know, before I started working, I would do my chores just, you know, do the, the extra jobs and the chores just to earn the money to go pick up the ones, like, the issues I wanted. Nice. You know, so it's like at that point I couldn't really experiment because I didn't have any extra money. You just got what you needed, right? It was the Wolverine. It was the Hulk. It was, you know, X-Men. It was like, I had to stay with those. What's your favorite? What do you think you spent the most money on? If you, if you had to guess of just one that uh, you'd say is your favorite or at the very least spent the most money on. What's that one comic? I know what it is for me. It's Spider-Man overall. Oh, mine's Flash. Nice. I, I went back. I've gotten all of Bone 2, which is the Wally West run. I've filled in all the holes for that, and I started collecting that one, I think, at, like, issue 87. So I went 87 back and got all those, and I stayed with it all the way way up to, like, I think they ended that one on, like, 2.30. And then I went back. I've also been going back and getting the the Silver Age Barry Allen's. So I'm, like, I'm at least two-thirds of the way through the Barry Allen ones. Awesome. That's fantastic. I have a similar story in the realm of Spider-Man. It's the same thing. Spider-Man's, and see, Spider-Man's so good. He's, it, it's, it's the same type of feeling, you know. Spider-Man and the Flash are so very, their characters are very similar because they're relatable. You know, can't really relate to Superman. I wasn't orphaned from another planet. <laughs> right, I can't just fly around in the uh, in, in the air with, uh, and laser beams firing out of my eyeballs. I can't confirm nor deny that I can do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, I tell you, that's been fabulous. I think that wraps it up. I, I, I wanted this to be an introduction to you because uh, I want to have you, like, as the co-host on the pod in a full-fledged. Are you down with that? I'm down with that. That would be a lot of fun. Nice. Stick you in the format and turn the blender on and see what happens. Sounds cool, man. Sounds awesome. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciated you being here and uh, a lot of fun, man. This has been great. Thanks for yeah. expressing how deep your love is for the yes. beautiful thing that is comic books. Cool. Thanks, Chris. We'll be talking to you soon, huh? Thanks. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. So that was fun. Thanks, Mike. Old Norris. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be hearing from him again in the near future. I think he'd be like a good uh, co-host, guest co-host. So that's going to happen probably. And let's jump into the next segment. Let's slip in. Let's slide in. Let's twist into the world of artificial intelligence. Beep, boop, deep. So there's only two little short stories. These stories come and go, but I, I cannot deny them. I can't look away. It's like a like a NASCAR accident or something. I just can't turn my head when I see artificial intelligence headlines. I just have to put my eyes onto it. And this there's only two. The first one comes from ibtimes.com and title of it, Artificial Intelligence, Humanoid Robot Exhibits a Moment of Self-Awareness. Well, there it is, folks. I quit. That's the end. Um, yeah, we're, we're going into the bunker now. <laughs> self-aware moment. I wish I could have been in the lab when they were like, oh, it's, it's self-aware now. And then the robot stares at its, you know, the palm of its hand or something and is like, I am, I am aware. And then skabloosh, he's hit by the bazooka that I launched at his face. Um, or flamethrower that I ignite his torso. Um, <laughs> I'm like, self-aware, that's it. Uh, I would just be employed at a company like that to just undermine everything that uh, <laughs> that happens That so that one day when it is self-aware that I, you know, drop a grenade on it. But uh, <laughs> so there it is. Yeah, this article talks about how this, this strange-looking robot here 
gave an example of what they feel is self-awareness, that it, uh, it, it played around with its own software. Oh, ah, oh. Uh, in this study, three of the NAO robots um, were subjected to like these puzzles, and they had a moment where they seemed to stop working on the puzzle and looked around that it was aware of itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shoot it. <laughs> well, so that's the first article. Like, there it is, folks. Um, get your bunkers ready. Uh, yeah, because uh, self-awareness. Yeah, crazy. Second one is, oh, my gosh, I just totally cracked up at this one. New York Post title is Robots Replace Human Workers at Japan's Weird Hotel. So there is a receptionist at this hotel that's a raptor, and the raptor has a hat on, and it's a robot receptionist in form of a raptor. Man, I got to go to Japan to see some of these weird stuff there. (laughs) Sasebo, Japan. A receptionist desk robot raptor checks you in. They, the luggage is automated with a trolley that goes right up to your room. Uh, not a good start to having a robotic-run hotel when the receptionist is a raptor. It looks something straight out of Jurassic Park. A bow tie on. Oh, you've got to see this. New York Post. Uh, they're really breaking some new ground. Uh, you got to give them that. It's even affordable. It says, like, for them, 9,000 yen a day, which is $80 in American. And uh, you can hang with, and you can go into this sort of fully robotic, self-automated uh, hotel. <laughs> and they're even importing some artificial intelligence software into the receptionist to ad-lib when it speaks to customers. hoi yoy. <laughs> so... Hilarious, though. Look at that article. It's just a a ball of fun. Raptor receptionist. Hoi. (laughs) So those are the quick two stories in the world of our nimmin. Hope you like those. (laughs) All right. So the next segment coming up, I like to call three, not five, feel-good factoid freebies. And these are just feel-good stuff. I mean, the two first stories are feel-goody. The third one is a memoriam, quick memoriam. The first story is actually from Cleveland.com. A uh, Kent student, Kent State student, draws Thor story for Marvel Comics Project. So this this Kent State graduate writes an inspiring story about Thor, um, and he makes it to Marvel Comics. They put him in a comic. His work on this project for school was so good that it got the attention of Marvel Comics, and they released it for free. You can go to Cleveland.com and see the link for it. It's uh, an Adobe free reader PDF version of the free comic that he wrote for Thor. And it's called Avengers Origins. And pretty cool that this was a requirement for his class that he was in. He's uh, He turned this thing in. It, it made the noise. It made its way to Marvel. Marvel said, hey, let's give the kid a break. Let's stick it in an actual comic book. Give it out for free online. So pretty cool. Way to go. This uh, guy's name on here is uh, Lewis. Yeah, last name is Lewis. Where is it? Chad Lewis. There you go, Chad. He's a graduate student in the School of Visual Communication and Design. He drew, he's the artist of the story, co-written by Carl Kessel. So pretty cool that he just uh, made some noise. Maybe this guy is going to be one to look at. I'm going to have to check it out. I didn't actually read the comic, but I saved it. It's bookmarked. There you go. Check it out on cleveland.com. And the second one from the Western Morning News. 
co.uk. So, man, I wish I lived in England. It this title grabbed me because of the word Stan Lee in it. Marvel superhero artwork signed by Stan Lee at West Country Gallery. So, again, I wish Los Angeles would have more galleries of artwork, original artwork from Stan Lee and his writing and his uh, you know, co-op work that he did and early works of Spider-Man, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, Wolverine will all be on display starting July 24th in the Castle Fine Art in Exeter, England. <laughs> Cheerio. I just, I want to go to England just to see this. Uh, limited prints, limited proofs, all s- autographed, signed, just a great splash. Look, they just show a smidge. And I wish I could go to England to chuck this out. Looks fantastic. Looks wonderful. So, <laughs> I just got to get over there one day. And the third is a feel-good factoid freebie, kind of a memoriam. It is a memoriam, a kind of a memoriam. Archie cartoonist Tom Moore dies in his native El Paso. He was just the heart and soul of, of Archie from 1953 to the late 1980s. My mother just told me, uh, and we talked about it recently, that she read Archie when she was younger. And I've just started picking up the whole world of Archie, especially since they've gone into this this unique, adult, different, twisty world of Archie. I'm loving it. And unfortunately, one of the one of the creators, one of the core people that started Archie in the, in the 50s has passed away. He lived an, uh, an amazing life. He did what he wanted to do his entire life. And he lived, he died in, you know, his his 80s. So, uh, you know, I, it, it made me feel good seeing his body of work. In, in how much he's brought in, in the world and laughter and fun and just the wacky stories of Archie. So uh, he'll be missed. Thank you for everything you did, Mr. Tom Moore. And that's going to wrap up our three, not five, feel-good factoid freebies. So I hope you like those three because they're pretty darn good. Next up is a kind of a new segment. We're going to put a file. We're going to s- stick an entry into... The wackily weird comic book promos. <laughs> I saw this, chuckled immediately. Bleeding cool title: Image Comics to give away condoms with beauty number one. Yeah, there you go. So that's a, a weird promo. Uh, here's the blurb on the comic: Modern society is obsessed with outward beauty. What if there was a way to guarantee you could become more and more beautiful every day? What if it was a sexually transmitted disease? In the world of the beauty, physical perfection is attainable. The vast majority of the population has taken advantage of it, but detectives Foster and Vaughn will soon discover it comes at a terrible price. So as a promo, yeah, they're handing out condoms. There you go. (laughs) I thought that's that's strange. I I will be at the comic book store this Wednesday when this comic book releases. Well, who knows if I'm going to grab it or not. I haven't looked quite deeply into the comic itself. The Beauty, number one, by Jeremy Hahn and Jason A. Hurley coming out from Image in, like, August. And, uh, yeah, interesting to see a bunch of promo Image comic book condoms laid out on the table to buy Beauty Number 1. It's different. Give them props for trying something a little strange. You know, what's what are the what are the lines, what are the ads going to be? You know, put this on and read our com- I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be weird. But had to could not uh, deny the eyeballs for this one no, so put that in there in the entry book in the log in the vault of the wackily weird comic book promos <laughs> there you go and the final quick segment before we go into the top picks for July 22nd 
is the State of the Comic Book Union Address. A quick State of the Union Address about comic books I thought was interesting from KFOR.com titled LH Comics Coming to OKC to Buy Old Comic Books. So we went over stats a while ago about how well paper comics are doing. Well, this company here has decided to put forth a little convention, a, a um, just rent a, a Holiday Inn Express hall and put out ads saying, we want your comic books. You know, how everywhere you look, there's those, we, we buy gold, give us your gold. Well, these guys want your comics. Give us your comic books. Give us your old comic books. I thought, great idea. Maybe they're opening some stores. Maybe they want to find some heavy-duty gems people just want to get rid of. Well, if you're in the area of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, from July 31st, August 1st, August 2nd, from 10 to 6, this Holiday Inn Express is going to be there buying, gathering, just give them. They said, we'll take your donations of comics. And I think they're on to something here. They know that the numbers are looking good. Paper comics are on the rise. Uh, let's do a little something to just gather them from people. So that's nice. Uh, like a nice kind of, I think, uh, showing of how the industry's doing. So good job, comic books. And check out these guys. Give us your comics. We'll buy them. Nice way to maybe jumpstart a big store they want to open. Says they'll even talk about baseball cards, etc., toys and things. There's a phone number there, but yeah, check it out, kfor.com. There, uh, this company looks like LH, which doesn't really say what it is. Just LH is looking to buy your comic books. Give them, don't give them your gold. They want your comics. <laughs> so let's jump right into the uh, the main course. My favorite part, the meat. We had the appetizers, we had the nibbles. Let's jump right into the heart, the good stuff. My favorite part, the top four picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, July 22nd. I only had ten pulls, so kind of a small, and uh, small but but powerful. Just strong, mighty week of ten comic books, and four made my favorites. Four were just out of this world so fantastic that I had to discuss them. And there was almost five. I got it quickly, just the, the fifth and almost made it was enormous. Number one-ish by 215 Inc. publisher. But, and so one I hadn't heard of that just jumped out there by Tim Daniel. And it was, the art's amazing. The knife fight in this was really good. It just, one thing that kind of threw me off was it says all new number one, but it was actually number seven. As you see on the on the front page, number one, you know, all new. You open it up, look at in the page, and it's issue number seven. I'm like, what? And it gives you a synapsis, synops, synapsis, synopsis, whatever, of what it is. But, yeah, now I've got to go back and look through one through six. So a lesson learned here about when you jump in and just buy a number one kind of blind. I mean, I did thumb through it. The art, the art looks fantastic. And it's like these gigantic viruses, uh, This these animals have this mutation in this earth. I think it's earth. And it's earth's not looking good. And there's these crazy, gigantic, enormous mutations running around uh, that people have to fight, etc. So uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be a pick of the week soon. But it almost made that. But it threw me a little off by the all-new number one. But it wasn't. It was number seven. So anyway, be careful buying new number ones blindly, folks. But anyway, the uh, top four picks were so good. A mixed bag. Just sort of all over the place. But we'll jump right into it. Here we go. So there were four, and the number four was Sip Kids by Terry Moore, number three from Abstract Studios. 
This is a sort of tie-in to Strangers in Paradise, which I've just begun reading. I know I joined the party way late on Strangers in, in Paradise, but fantastic stuff. Strangers in Paradise is, you know, this story of three friends and some craziness that ensues in their life. It's a relationship-based, really character-driven series, something I didn't gravitate gravitate to when I was younger, but now I, I, I'm loving it. And this is like the pre-pre-prequel of those characters uh, when they were kids. That's why it's called Sip Kids. It has a Peanuts, you know, he's definitely harnessing his inner Schultz. And it just has that Peanuts vibe, and it's the wacky hijinks. Now they're they're sort of pre-teens. I think one and two, they were actually just like five, three and five years old. So he's aging them a smidge as things go along. But the art style is just so pastel-y colors and bright and just fun. And it made me chuckle and laugh. And that, it, it, it's also just so heartwarming and cute. And some of these kids are spoiled brats and what they do uh, in, it, in relations to each other. And it's an early development of these main characters in Strangers in Paradise. So now that I'm reading Strangers in Paradise, it just ties in. Kind of cool. And it just made me feel good. It was just fun and happy and good. Check out Sip Kids. Hard to get at retailers. you got to really chase after this one, folks. I kind of scoured. But Sip Kids is my number four pick of the week. Sip Kids number three by Terry Moore. My number three pick is uh, from Image Comics. Actually, the rest on out are all Image. Home run Image, tell you. Image Comics, Five Ghosts, number 17. And this is by written by Frank Barbier. Art by Chris Mooneyham, and this is Indiana Jones swashbuckling-like style that is just a lot of adventure and epic fun. Here's a blurb at the, at, the, at the inside page. After a tragic encounter with an artifact known as the Dreamstone, infamous treasure hunter Fabian Gray, Gray was possessed by five literary ghosts and has been granted access to their unique ability. So, ability. so every now and then... Mr. Fabian has to harness his detective ghost. He has to harness his sorcerer ghost. And they're always kind of behind him in this blue silhouette, which looks amazing. This ties in Mr. Van Helsing, Dr. Moreau. It's just monsters. It shows how his manservant, the relationship uh, develops there and some flashbacks and why this manservant is important to him. Manservant gets turned in by Dr. Moreau, gets turned into kind of a monster. They don't want to kill him. They want to save him. They they have to find an antidote, find a way to save their their his manservant friend. And Dr. Moreau's not making it easy. He's coming after them. He's injecting his own neck with some weird stuff and turning into this insane-looking, multiple-armed, octopus-like beast. So it's monsters. It's mayhem. It's fun. It is wrapping up an arc. The ultimate story is of Fabian Gray trying to find his sister. And this just taps and teases into it. So can't wait for the next arc. There's even a little mini story at the end of just a simple story of a vampire and how he he knows to go back to the woman that he loves, but he doesn't want to endanger her. So he just handcuffs himself to the banister in front of her house. The sun comes up and he's toast. I just thought, wow, that's interesting little quick story, but neat that it puts a little side story at the end. I love when they do that and when they're good. And can't wait to see another arc of this. So that was my number three, Five Ghosts, number 17, by Image. Love it. And my number two pick is by Image Comics, Birthright. This is just so well done. Birthright, number nine, by Image Comics. Uh, Creator, writer, Joshua Williams. Andre Bresson 
uh, creator slash artist. His art, this is the art winner for me uh, this week. Just amazing colors. This world of sorcery and spells. The way he does flashbacks in it is like looking at a broken piece of stained glass. It's just gorgeous. The blues, the neons. And in this, it's a duality story of how this young boy went missing into this crazy sorcerer magic world and pops back out as a grown man. And the time doesn't really pass here on Earth. And his family sort of goes down the tubes because of this of him going missing. But now he's back, and he's sort of possessed by this evil demon designed to do bad for Earth, but doesn't want to. He wants to help his family. And it's a sort of Conan the Barbarian story mixed into the world now and how he's possessed to do bad. And the younger brother, the relationship is the heart of it. And I love that they twist it here to where, you know, the young brother is so frail and fragile and... Well, now he's full on in the mix of this one. One of the baddies infects him with some sort of power. And now the brother has some strength and has some some knives. And he's not so weak and the sort of damsel in distress of the story, if you will. And it's the art is gorgeous. And our Conan character has a pregnant wife that jumps onto Earth all of a sudden and is like, hey, where's my husband? So it's just fantastic writing. Art winner this week. The bad guys that come after him are just so beautifully drawn and twisted and got to give it up. Birthright, issue number nine, was my number two pick of the week. And the number one, hands down, (laughs) was by Image Comics, Wolf, number one, by Alice Cott, Matt Taylor, Lee Lowridge, Clayton Cowles, Tom Mueller. And this was just so cool in a whole bunch of ways. The way they like convey the narrative here in, in such a twisted way totally had me engrossed, and, and it, it, I'm hooked. The reason why it's written in Los Angeles in a world that is surrounded by myths, and they talk about myths. The main character, Mr. Wolf, at the beginning is on fire, and he then is okay. Even his sort of powers are a little twisted. He's sort of a detective, sort of a hero, uh, definitely a hero. He spends time trying to help his roommate who has like an octopus face and his roommate, his landlords are, are, are vampires. <laughs> it's, so it's this twisted world in Lo- where Los Angeles has super human, super normal people in it. And what this main character hints upon is that he's trying to help his family. He has to partner with this horrible racist billionaire baddie. <laughs> that uh, um, scene has layers and is interesting and this is a, a definite beautiful collaboration here uh, between artist and writer it's just one of those moments that is what truly makes comics a beautiful art medium uh, the art here is noir sort of style very shadowed um, but also very sort of psychedelic in some of the murder scenes that you witness the character is Mr. Wolf looks like is going to have to be taking care of a young girl named Anita Christ. Antichrist? Anita Christ? So creepy, young woman speaks to ghosts. Mr. Wolf speaks to ghosts. And they really captured Los Angeles really well. I have to say, there's one scene where the the two police officers that are have Anita Christ at the moment are in the, on the freeway in L.A., and he just explains it really well, what Los Angeles is really all about. And he, I'll just quote it. He just says, You see this city? This city is a blend. It's desert, 
and its woods and its ocean and its cheap junk and its expensive junk and its ugly and its beautiful and its fiction and its real. I mean, that is just a fantastic description of Los Angeles. It's that's what it is. It's a beautiful mess, right? And it this is uh, here's some flashbacks here of him being a, a, a marine in Desert Storm. It's just uh, well done. Where's this going? He he has to help his family. He has to partner with this racist billionaire baddie. He's trying to help his octopus-faced roommate <laughs> with the with his vampire landlords. It's all over the place. Anita Christ. So and, and it has this dark, gritty LA edge to it. I, I I just love it. I gotta see where this goes. It's uh, definitely going to be on the pull list from here on out. I don't know if this is a mini, if this is an ongoing series. It's five bucks, but it was like seemed like about forty pages. So you, you even get a your money's worth for the issue number one. So that's my pick of the week. Well done, Wolf number one by Image Comics. I tell you, I'm slamming it down on my desk because it was that darn good. <laughs> so go out and get these. Put them on your pull list. Buy them immediately in paper, on paper, because it's worth it. Smell smell the ink. Smell it. Put your nose up to your earbuds. Can you smell the paper and the ink? It's just, mmm, tasty. But uh, that's going to do it. That's the show. So thank you again for listening to issue number 12 of Sunspots Comics. And thank you for looking at our website, sunspotscomics.com, and for following us on all the, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, at sunspotscomics.com. And, uh, you know, uh, I tell you, I, I gotta, I'm so excited about issue 13. I, I, I wish I could just get into it right now, back to back, but I can't. You gotta tune in later. Gotta listen in. But anyway, thank you, and hope you have a wonderful rest of uh, the week, of the month, or whatever it is when you're, when you're listening to this. <laughs> so, oh, and don't forget, I almost forgot. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle! Think it'll like? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye! Bye-bye. <laughs>